Good morning, everybody. It is good to be with all of you. My name is Cole. I'm on staff here at the church. If this is your first time with us, thank you so much for being here. Hopefully this worship service is our gift to you this morning. I'll be uh, milling around out in the lobby after the service, and I'd love to get to meet you and get to know you and introduce myself to you. But uh, this morning, we uh, continue our sermon series, uh, The Ghost. And as I was preparing this week, God gave me, what I thought was only me, a gift of an object lesson on Monday night after the storm. But I'm assuming that some of you got the object lesson last night as well. Uh, But after the storm, way after the storm had blown through on Monday night, uh, my wife and I got ready for bed, got settled in, just turned the TV on when all the power goes out. Right, And so for my wife, makes her decision very easy. She doesn't struggle with the racing thoughts right before bed. She can fall asleep in less than a minute. And so she was just out like that. Nothing, no problems. Me, on the other hand, I'm laying there staring at the ceiling like, oh, my word, what is going on here? All the racing thoughts begin, uh, and uh, I just can't sleep. I got everything going through my brain. When's it coming back on? Oh, my word, what about the fridge? What about the freezer, right? Uh, I knew we shouldn't have passed up on that generator at the Black Friday sale. One more year that we go without this again, right? Is this going to last like this forever? Are we going back in time, right? Maybe you know those feelings. Uh, And so I got out of bed, went downstairs, reported the outage, all those things. And then I got the idea, well, let's go outside and see if anybody else has electric. And so we go outside and everybody on that side of the road does and everybody over here doesn't. And that's where ours is. And so great, here we go. We're going to be in for something all night long. And that was when I realized the mistake that I made, which was I left my phone inside, which I had been using as my light to get through the dark. And it's a pretty clear night, a lot of stars. And so my eyes had adjusted to a little bit brighter, uh, a little bit brighter sky and things like that. And so as I go back inside, just everything is, is like pitch black. I can't see anything. I don't know where my desk is. I'm tripping over the coffee table. It's, it's insane. And so uh, in those moments, in those moments, I ask myself this question or I say this to myself, and maybe you do the same. Man, it's, it's when you don't have electricity that you value being able to see in the dark regularly, right? And, uh, you know, when, when you don't have electricity, that's when you actually value having it. And so uh, I find myself in this place. And uh, I think sometimes, though, that is the same thing when it comes to the Holy Spirit, that we often find ourselves in a dark place in our lives. And we wish in that moment that we had access to God's Spirit to bring us through that time or to be able to see us through that dark moment. And so a big thank you to uh, Pastor Tom who kicked off our series so well last week and told us uh, who the Holy Spirit was. And I really appreciated his analogy of the ship and how uh, we, can, we, should use, we should be behind the Holy Spirit following where it leads as we move into New Ridge Fellowship. Not trying necessarily to preserve what the Spirit has done in the past. And he's right that we must get to know and value the the third person of the Trinity. The triune God only exists because all three persons, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are one together. And so knowing the Spirit is key. And as we continue uh, this week, we're focusing on why. Why do we need the Holy Spirit? Why is the Spirit so essential in our lives? And what's the benefit? And so as we seek to answer this question, we need not look any further than the opening lines of Scripture 
Uh, in Genesis, we see that the earth was formless and void, and God's spirit was hovering over the waters. And so it's God's spirit that joins in the act of, cre- of the creation of the world, moving everything into place and creating order out of a formless chaos. And the word for spirit in Hebrew is ruach, ruach, which means wind or spirit. Uh, But it also carries the meaning of breath. And so God's spirit was hovering or blowing over the waters, right? But it also carries this this connotation of breath. And so in Genesis 2-7, when it says that God formed man out of the dust of the earth and he breathed his breath or he breathed his ruach or he breathed his spirit into man, they became a living being. And so the very same spirit that is hovering over the waters and engaging in the creation process is the very same spirit that gives us life and gives us breath. And if that is the case, it means that, this, that God is no further from us than the clothes that we wear and uh, having access to God's spirit is no further than breathing deeply into our lungs. And so why do we need the Holy Spirit? Why do we need the Holy Spirit? Primarily... As people of faith, the thing that is most unique about the God we serve is that we need not ask, where is God? Because God, through the Holy Spirit, has made his home in us. And so God is right here. God is attending to us and to our needs. In Ephesians 6, 12, uh, it highlights the spiritual aspect of the struggles uh, by, that we go through by saying, For our struggle is not against enemies of blood and flesh, but against rulers, against authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. And so if our battles are deeper than the physical battles with people, then in these moments where we struggle, when we are trying to discern our future plans or we are trying to heal from grief that has struck our lives or confess sins or mistakes that we've uh, committed, and as we pursue transformation for our souls, we do so knowing, knowing that we have all the power of the Holy Spirit as close as an inhale of breath. And we have access to God right here and right now in all the situations that we find ourselves in. And if we'll cry out to the Spirit, the Spirit will attend to us in our moments of need. God is faithful. He will send His advocate, His Spirit, to us. And very similar as the Spirit intercedes for us, provides us comfort, wisdom, forgiveness, and healing, The Spirit also can begin good work in our lives if we are willing to surrender our will to the will of God. In John 14, 26, Jesus states right before his ascension into heaven, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. So why do we need the Holy Spirit? Because if we're going to pursue Christ like our mission statement and live life as believers, then we must start to look like Jesus. And, if G- and Jesus says very clearly, how do you be for- be- start to be formed to my heart? He says the Holy Spirit will teach you everything and remind you of my words. 
And so if we surrender our lives to Jesus, we should be ready for the Spirit to mess us up in some of the best possible ways. That the Spirit can work to illuminate our hearts and make it clear where we must be formed to look like God. It can illuminate pain points, sin patterns, character flaws. It can also bring to the surface these deep desires that God has for our lives that we gloss over on our own, thinking they're not of us. And so when we begin our journey to pursue Christ, this is the area. This area of formation is the area that we tend to like the least. Uh, We love that the Holy Spirit is there for us in moments of pain and in moments when we need comfort or forgiveness. Certainly, we love those moments. We typically love that. We want a companion. Absolutely. The Holy Spirit can listen to us. It can heal. It can help. Who wouldn't want that? However, allowing the companion to speak into our lives. That's a whole different story. I have to give up control of my life, my way, my will, and begin to follow where the Spirit leads? Absolutely not. No way, right? And so typically what happens is we either remain the same person and kind of go through life um, as a person of faith, but really just end up using God for our own gain, not really following where He's leading us. Or... Sometimes we also just go back to leading our own life and give up on God for the ease of our conscience. But there is another way. And spiritual maturity, maturity is beginning to love where the Spirit leads you. To surrender because you know the Spirit in your lungs is the very same Spirit that brought order to the chaos at creation. And if it could work back then, It can also do the very same work in our life now too, making something out of nothing, bringing order to the chaos that so regularly hits our life. Henry Nouwen is a famous theologian, and uh, he says this of spiritual maturity. He says, maturity is the ability and willingness to to be led where you would rather not go. We must be willing to be led by the Spirit to let it shape and form us to the heart of God. Paul understood this very clearly, the Apostle Paul, when writing to the church at Galatia. When speaking uh, about what it looks like to be formed by the Spirit, he writes these famous words in Galatians 5. He says, By contrast, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have been crucified, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And here's the key. If we live by the Spirit, let us also be guided by the Spirit. Amen. Amen. Maturity. Maturity is being led where you would rather not go. But it makes for people who are shaped by the Spirit to look more like Christ. And the reason we need to understand these qualities of the Spirit, uh, that it attends to us, that it forms our hearts to be more like Jesus, is because God has a plan that is far greater than any narrow vision that we could ever hold. His plan is both for us individually and also for the whole world. And And the movement of the Spirit is how He will bring it to pass. 
To understand this, we have to go all the way to the end of Scripture, Revelation 21, 3 through 5. Uh, this, if you want to know what God is up to in the world, this is what he's up to. This is the vision that God has for us. It says, and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, see, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them. They will be his people's. And God himself will be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eye. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more for the first things have passed away. And the one who is seated on the throne said, see, I am making all things new. He said, write this, for these words are trustworthy and true. The great master plan of God calling all things in this broken world to himself is the vision that John the Revelator sees. If this is God's plan, that means that as people of faith, once we acknowledge the Spirit attending to us and also forming us to look like Jesus, we have one job. And that one job is the very same job that Jesus gives the early disciples as he's ascending into heaven. In Acts 1.8, he says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and the ends of the earth. We are witnesses to the world. Witnesses for God's grand vision of total renewal. We all need the Holy Spirit to make us new so that we can participate in the work of making all things new. God's Spirit is moving all over the pages of Scripture, as we've seen today, and He's moving all over the pages of the Scripture of our lives, and He is moving all over the pages of New Hanover, and now as we look ahead into New Ridge. He is moving here, He is moving now, and what He has done back then, He will also do for us in the future. Amen? Amen. 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 And so today... Maybe we have been trying to look at this question from the wrong perspective. Maybe we've been trying to ask, why do we need the Holy Spirit? When the true question as people of faith that we should be asking is, how could we ever think we could go about this life doing it without it? And so maybe today you've seen that reality too. Maybe today uh, you think, how could I live without the Spirit? Maybe you're wondering, how do I get back to letting the Spirit lead me, attend to me, form me, and transform me so I can participate in the transformation of the world? And it all starts with a willing heart and with surrender. Surrendering our lives to the Spirit and asking God to lead us from there. And when I found myself in the dark house with no lights and no phone, <laughs> sure, I could just accept that I no longer am going to have the ability to see. That is one option, that everything is just dark now, and I can move through life with that reality. But instead, I retraced my steps. When do, did I remember last having the light? When did I think it was okay to go without it? Where did I leave it? And I think the same is true of the Spirit as a person of faith when we find ourselves wondering how we've gotten where we've gotten. Can we ask ourselves, when do I remember last feeling like the Spirit was near? 
When did I think that I could do this on my own without the Spirit? Where did I leave it? And only then can we find it. And only then can we surrender to it once again and learn to follow where the Spirit leads. Let's pray. Oh God, we're so thankful. We're so thankful that you are so close to us. That the very same Spirit that uh, hovered over the waters and led us through creation is the very same Spirit that is the breath inside our lungs. We thank you for the ways in which you attend to us. We thank you for the ways in which you form us to look more and more like your Son. And we thank you for your great vision of making all things new. Lord, would you help us to stay attuned to your Spirit? And if we've lost it this morning, would you help us to find you once again? Make yourself known to us. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So I have one more update for you this uh, morning. And uh, I've been here on the stage for the past few weeks. And so that means that Pastor Ricky hasn't been here. And I'm sure that has led you to uh, have some questions about what our future looks like here. And so I just want to provide you with an update. And hopefully this update will, uh, will help you as we move forward. But uh, first and foremost, I want to thank everybody for your prayers, for your support, and for your gifts towards the Ayala family. Uh, they have really helped to ease their burden in this time. I want you to know that your generosity through the love offering has covered all of their funeral expenses. So thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Uh, grief is a lot like unwanted painting, and I realize that sounds weird, but it is a lot like unwanted painting. Uh, tragedy happens in our life, and we experience this trauma, and you get sat down in front of a canvas. There's paint. They hand you a paintbrush, and they say paint. And you're not a painter. You uh, don't want to paint, and everybody wants to see a pretty picture at the end. And all you want to do is scream and throw paint at the wall, maybe kick over the canvas and the easel, leave, break the, break the paintbrush in two, right? But over time, if you give yourself time, you begin to pick up the brush and say, maybe I can do this. Maybe I can do this. And you start to paint something that, can, that has the ability to be beautiful. And it is, a deli it is delicate in those moments because we can either help in that situation or we can, we can hurt and so thank you for all the ways in which you have helped us through this situation and helped Pastor Ricky and his family as they navigate this grief. Uh, Pastor Ricky and Annie are, are, and Annie are doing well. They are taking all the necessary steps they need to heal. Uh, Pastor Ricky is also taking steps to heal for himself because uh, usually he is the one who walks in the room where somebody has been sat down and been told to paint, and he walks alongside them and helps them to heal and to feel comfortable moving forward. And so before he can do that work, before he can give himself to, to helping us again, he needs to make sure that he also is healed. And so we have a better understanding of where uh, he is at now and where we will be in the coming weeks. And so we have some exciting news to share, and that is that over the next couple of weeks, Pastor Ricky will start to revamp and engage into his duties. He will be working as he can throughout the week, and then September 10th will be the first time that he will return to his preaching duties, and we are grateful for that. 
We are very, very grateful for that. Uh, he will begin the, a new sermon series then called Elevate. Elevate is a sermon series that will lead us into New Ridge because it's all about our core values and how those can elevate our lives as we move into this new chapter. And he is very excited about the launch of New Ridge. He uh, is very excited to be back, and we are excited to have him back. So he will be back September. Yep, it's all good. We can clap one more time for that. <laughs> In the meantime, uh, we continue the ghost sermon series, and we have everything planned out, so you need not worry. Uh, And as he returns, uh, like I said, he will be leading us through that Elevate sermon series. Just want to share two quick notes with you uh, before we turn it over to the band. And the first is that when he returns and when their family returns, please continue to do your part to be mindful of what and how we ask him and Ani things. What has it been like over the past two months? What happened to Nate? And everything happens for a reason. These are inappropriate things for us to continue to ask right now. What we mean in love, absolutely, I have no doubt about our hearts, what we mean in love is going to cause them to relive that trauma and then be expected to share about it. And if you look around the room, if you have to do that at least 300 times after a service, That's a lot of pain that gets brought back up to the surface. And so instead, things like, I can't imagine what you're going through, but I've been praying for you, and you know that I'm here for you if you need anything. You have my number. Those are great things to say. Friends, let's just continue to be merciful. As I shared in my sermon uh, after, um, none of us get out of here without scars. And still, right now, there's our wounds. And the second thing is to know this, that they are so grateful for you. Boxes and boxes of cards that they're preserving. I was joking with them the other day. I was like, how bad's the hand cramp from the uh, thank you cards you've had to send? And he's like, yeah, every so often I got to shake it out again. Uh, And so they are constantly reminding us of how much they love this church and how much they love each and every one of you and how grateful they are for each and every one of your uh, support. And so let's continue to support them. And one of the best ways we can do that is that on September 10th, let's pack this place. Let's show them how much we love them and how much we continue to support them and their family. It's a joy to serve this congregation. Both Pastor Ricky and I know that. And so thank you for all the ways in which you supported not only their family, but the way you support each other. It really, truly is a picture of what the kingdom of heaven looks like. And so we look forward to his return, and we look forward to the launch of New Ridge here in October. And may God continue to be the one who guides us, but also sustains us in this time. And may we follow where the Spirit leads. So would you stand up with me, if you're able, as we uh, close out here with our final song? And as you do so, would you know... That the very same spirit that was hovering over the waters of creation is the very same spirit that's about to give you breath to sing this next song. And so as you go from this place, know that God is so close to you and he wants to be in relationship with you. And as you go, would you know that God's grace and God's peace go with you now and always until we see each other again. Amen.